The Lord be with you. Welcome to Thin Places, the podcast channel of St. Aidan's Anglican Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. I'm Father Lee, the pastor here at St. Aidan's, and I want to invite you to join me here each week as we join together to share common prayer, common worship, and common life. And just as the streams feed the trees on their banks till they pour in the seas, so may my life be to all those who share this wilderness road. A reading from the book of Exodus in the 17th chapter. From the wilderness of Sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us with our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are our strength and you are our redeemer. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I invite you to be seated. The purpose of Lent is Easter. It's easy for us to lose sight of that fact, but it's extremely important that we remember that the purpose of Lent is Easter. Lent isn't the end, it's the means to the end. It's not the goal, it's the process by which we achieve the goal. It's not the destination, it's the road. We don't fast in order to have less. We fast in order to fully participate in and enjoy all of the things that we've been given. We don't pray so that we can avoid relationships. We pray in order that our relationship with the triune God will spill over into every other interaction 
in our life. We don't give alms so that we can learn to love things less. We give alms so that we can learn to love all things well. The purpose of Lent is Easter. To transform us into Easter people. And it's in Lent that we are driven by the Holy Spirit alongside our Lord out into the wilderness in order to prepare our hearts and our homes to meet the Father in the face of Jesus Christ. That has always been the purpose of the wilderness. From the very beginning, when our first parents were driven out of Eden, they were not driven away from the presence of the Father. They were driven into the wilderness so that they could learn to experience His presence anew. It was into the wandering wilderness that the Father called Abram and Sarai so that they could meet him and become the new creation that he intended from the very beginning. It was in the wilderness that Isaac offered himself up for the sake of his entire family and became to us an icon of the sacrificial love of Christ. It was in the wilderness that Jacob met God face to face and overcame every obstacle between himself and the blessing of God. It was in the midst of the desert that Jacob showed us compassion and healing and restoration in spite of his betrayal, in spite of those who sought out his death. And yet there's a temptation for us to imagine that the wilderness is a holy place. But that's not true. The wilderness is a wasteland, a dry, dusty place of quietness and lifeless solitude, a sterile expanse that haunts us with the memories of what might have been, of all that we lost through our hunger and our selfishness and our pride. And yet, the wilderness is the place where God's people meet God face to face. It's a paradox. The wilderness is a paradox. And for those of us who live in the midst of that wilderness, in the midst of that paradox, in the midst of uncertainty and mourning and hopelessness and confusion and want and Anger and disappointment, it's an uncomfortable paradox. So this morning we read about the Hebrews' journey through the wilderness. And it might have caught your attention that the wilderness they're traveling through is somewhat appropriately referred to as the desert of sin. Now, it's not a play on words. The desert that they were traveling through was named after a demon. The Canaanite culture of that area believed in, in that that place was ruled and governed by a moon god in the form of a glowing calf. And the people who lived there called him either Nana or Sin. And they believed that the entire wilderness that surrounded the mountain of Sinai belonged to the moon god, the glowing calf god. And the descriptions that they give of this moon god, this calf god, 
looks strikingly similar to another god that was worshipped by the Canaanites as well, called Moloch, a bull god who was known for his unending hunger, a hunger that consumed everything, consumed more and more until nothing was left, a god who required horrifying sacrifices from his worshipers. And it was there in the midst of his wilderness that God's people cried out in hunger. For months, maybe for years, they had been wandering through the wastelands, following the presence of God in cloud and in flame, heading to a place that they didn't know anything about. They were full of desperation. They felt alone and forgotten, and they felt misused. And above all, they were thirsty. In those lost and lonely places, in the wilderness of sin, God's people were thirsty. It's become our practice at St. Aidan's each year during Lent to read from a book by Thomas Merton called Thoughts in Solitude. Uh, the book is a collection of 37 reflections and essays that Merton wrote during his time at his hermitage in Gethsemane Abbey, which is located uh, not too far from where we are this morning. The reflection that we read each year comes from his first essay in the book. <clears throat> the Desert Fathers believed that the wilderness had been created as supremely valuable in the eyes of God, precisely because it had no value to humanity. The wasteland was the land that could never be wasted by us because it offered nothing to us. There was nothing to attract us. There was nothing to exploit. The desert was the region where the chosen people wandered for 40 years, cared for by God alone. They could have reached the promised land in a matter of months if they had traveled directly to it. But God's plan was that they should learn to love him in the wilderness, that they would always look back on their time in the desert as the idyllic time of their life alone with him. The desert was created to be itself, not to be transformed by us into something else. So to the mountain and the sea, the desert is therefore the logical dwelling place of the person who seeks to be nothing but who they are. That is to say, a creature solitary and poor and dependent on no one but God with no great project standing between himself and the creator. That is at least the theory. But there's another factor that enters in. First, the desert is a country of madness. Second, it is the refuge of the devil thrown out into the wilderness of Upper Egypt to wander in dry places. Thirst drives people mad. And the devil himself is mad with a kind of thirst for his own lost excellence, lost because he immured himself in it and closed out everything else. So the one who wanders into the desert to be himself must take care that he does not go mad or become a servant of the one who dwells in that sterile paradise of emptiness and rage. And yet look at the deserts today. What are they? Glittering towns that spring up overnight in the desert are no longer the images of the city of God. 
coming down from heaven to enlighten the world with a vision of peace. They are brilliant and sordid smiles of the devil upon the face of the wilderness. Cities of secrecy where each person spies on his neighbor. Cities through whose veins money runs like artificial blood and from whose wombs come the greatest instruments of destruction. Can we watch the growth of these cities and not do something to purify our own hearts? When we move into the deserts with money and machines, not fighting the devil as Christ does, but believing in his promises of power and wealth and adoring his angelic wisdom, then the desert itself moves everywhere. Everywhere is desert. Everywhere is solitude in which we must do penance and fight the adversary and purify our own hearts through the grace of God. I love that phrase that he uses. Everywhere is desert. Everywhere is a place full of hunger and thirst and temptation and madness and at the same time full of hope and promise because the desert is where God leads his people to learn to depend on him alone. I haven't learned that lesson fully. I still find myself trying to meet my own needs by my own ends, make my own plans, solve my own problems. And I'm sure that's true for most of us. But the promise of Christ is an invitation to each one of us to stop striving and struggling and consuming. The invitation of Christ is for you and I to rest. The thirst that we all feel, that we try to quench on our own, is not a thirst for more things, more experiences, more wants. It's a thirst for the one who has led us together into the wilderness, into the desert of everywhere. And he says to each one of us, come to me, all you who are weary, who are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. He says, drink the water that I give, and you will never thirst again. Those are Christ's words to us today. Come, eat, drink, rest. Set aside your strivings and let me care for you. Stop pursuing your wants and your whims and your wishes and let the Father pour out every good and perfect gift that he has stored up for you. Leave behind your hunger and your thirst and he will give to you true food and true drink. 
Christ is inviting us today to join him at his table. In the midst of our strivings and our hungers and our desires, he calls us to allow him to supply all of our needs. And that comfort and that rest begins in this place, at this table, because this is the place where our hungers end. This is the place where our thirsts are quenched. This is the place where our brokenness is healed, where our emptiness is restored. This is the place that you and I are made whole because this is the place where heaven touches earth. Right here in the midst of the everywhere desert, right here in the midst of the wilderness, Not just the wilderness of this place, but the wilderness inside my own heart. Right here, heaven touches earth. And right here, Christ is calling us to join him. Calling us to enter into his presence. Calling us to draw near to him. Receive who you are. Become who you receive. I made you for myself. And your heart will be forever restless until it finds its rest in me. Those are his words to us this morning. Be whole, be healed, be forgiven, be filled. And then go out. Proclaim my peace in the midst of the everywhere desert. First, sit at my feet Learn from my word, feast at my table, and then receive the blessing of the Lord and go back into the desert and tell everyone that you find there, come with me and meet the one who heals and who forgives and who provides. Taste and see that the Lord is good. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for checking out Thin Places today. If you were blessed by your time with us and want to know more, check out anchor.fm forward slash thin dash places for more homilies, devotionals, and worship from St. Aidan's Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. And make sure to follow us and leave a comment And join us again next time in common prayer, common worship, and common life. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Father is restored.